podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. And as you will see to my left, Danny Batten is looking 20 years younger, he's grown hair and uh, he's uh, looking very different. Now Danny is uh, still travelling back from Fight Island, so uh, I'm very happy to welcome Cage Warriors featherweight Mr Ben Ellis back to fill in for the the legend himself. How are you Ben, you alright buddy? Hi, mate. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. No, it's all good, mate. I appreciate you coming on and, and filling the shoes of the the guru. But um, loads to talk about, mate. We may as well get straight uh, straight back into it. Um, a couple of stories to touch on. As two proud Welshmen, it seems we should start with a friend of yours, friend of the show, uh, two-division Cage Warriors champion Mason Jones, signed with the UFC. I think um, that was like the worst-kept secret going like everyone knew he was going there didn't they but he was just waiting for it waiting for it yeah i know you yeah, know him very well uh but okay obviously yeah, what do you think of it and how do you think he'll do uh well like you said it wasn't really a surprise to anyone two-way world champion cage warriors the only one since mcgregor it was he was gonna go wasn't he um oh, yeah. but in terms of how he's gonna do i think, I think yeah I think he's gonna do awesome in all fairness to him uh i think the old stereotype of um, MMAs for Brazilians and Americans is hmm. long gone now. We've seen enough champions from plenty of different countries, and yeah, hopefully he can he can get right to the top pretty quick. Yeah, that um, we were just talking now before we come on air. Like some of the divisions in the UFC, some of them are so stacked, it's unbelievable. And um, I've talked about the, the ban- bantamweight division, but even that. Um, like the lightweight division, which I'm assuming Mason will go into, is um, you know it's so stacked, like all the way. Even when you get outside the like the top fifteen, it's just an insane amount of killer guys. Like this top, just top level guys everywhere. Which when you, I guess when you get to the UFC, that's what it is, isn't it? It's just every division's like it. Yeah. yeah. But when you got yeah. like your ranked fifteen is like. Donald Cerrone and ranked 13 is Gregor Gillespie, then you know it's going to be, you know, every fight's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Like you say, I mean, there's probably 10 to 15 guys outside of the top 15 who, skill-wise, could easily be in there on a different day and oh, yeah. in the future. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, to be fair to them, they've, they've got an absolute mountain of talent in pretty much every division, to be fair, but lightweight probably is the most that. He- Oh yeah, and I mean another Welshman, Jack Shaw's just had. Um, they just announced again, not a very good, particularly kept secret that um, he's fighting. I think in October. I think I remember off the top of my head is October the twenty seventh. I think, um, but you know he, that bantamweight division again is just it's just crazy. Like how deep it is. Like we looked at that in detail a few weeks ago, and like. You got like, you can get like the unofficial rankings of like the top fifty, 
So yeah. I know UFC only does like the top 15, I think, don't they? But mm. you can get like unofficial ones. And we were looking at them and the names, mate, outside of that top 15 were just ludicrous. Yeah. Like you were just talking like, I think there was a couple of former champions in there and it's killer. It's just, um, it's surprising, I got to say, how deep their divisions are. But I think that's why they're also able to cut guys if they're not doing it because their divisions are so deep. Yeah, that's it. Isn't it? They, they definitely control the vast majority of the supply. So now that you mentioned it, though, it surprises me that they don't do rankings all the way through for all of their guys. Yeah, I think it would be better, wouldn't it? Do yeah. I mean? Like if you yeah. could uh, kind of have like all of them. What do you think? I mean, every fighter in there is going to have at least a few thousand followers. And then if it's one more thing to draw their attention to, like rankings, then why wouldn't you? And it wouldn't even be that much work. It's not as if they spend a great, a great deal of effort on the rankings at the minute. Is it half time? It doesn't make any sense anyway. No. But people do, people do look at it. Yeah, I I look at the rankings like every week mm. on the show. We'll have a little look and see who we can match, who we'd match up guys with next and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about um, another Welshman, third Welshman of it in a couple of minutes, and John Phillips in a minute when we get onto the fights from last night. But um, I do wonder whether his next fight will be in the UFC. Unfortunately. Um, I think the thing which he's got on his side is that he's very entertaining to watch. So if you put him against the right type of striker, you know, you'll get a good fight, if nothing else. So, you know, I, I just hope... He won't be short of options anyway, though, because no, he won't. there's so much stuff you can do. Like, even if you went, like, bare-knuckle boxing, that was yeah. it, BKFC or whatever. Like, I think he'd do really well in that. Like, when you look yeah. at all his finishes and cage warriors and b before UFC and early UFC, they're all... He, he had some cracking fights, like... Yeah. I, um, I've never trained with John, but the boys who have will say literally no one on earth hits like him. Yeah, Like, apparently, like... ridiculous. Some of the boys were talking to the SBG boys mm. uh, when we were in, Bellator, um, in Dublin for Bellator. And they said the same thing. So he just hits like an absolute train. But there's such a there's such a clear route on how to beat him. I feel like even if even if they put him in there now with a guy who's ninety nine percent striking, he'd probably wrestle John. Like it's just yeah, dead like, deeper in there. Yeah, we'll go to the fight now, like but I thought like I was expected a bit of a strike first and it didn't obviously didn't go that way. Mm. Um I I was looking for the fight which who Jack Shaw was fighting. Seventh of November he's fighting um Taha. Don't know much about him. Do you know anything yeah. about him? Um, he fought Nad. Um, he fought Nad at featherweight. This might be his first fight, first fight at bantamweight. All oh, right, okay. Um, I know he's, he's only recently gone down, so it's either his first or maybe his second. He's all right. He's not. He's not bad. He's not. Um, he's not an assassin or anything. Jack will handle him. To be fair. Uh, yeah, be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing him him fight again. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's gonna it's gonna take someone really good to give Jack a fight. In all fairness to him, yeah, he's looked quite dominant, haven't he? Um, yeah, he really has. The, the UFC so far, particularly, but yeah. even in Cage Warriors, like when we were in lockdown, me and Danny were looking back at it, all the old UFC cards, and then each someone asked us to look at like the rise of Jack Shaw and look at all his Cage Warriors fights, and I yeah. think we only got like I don't know five in or something, but like. I think there was in those first five, 
well maybe six there was one fight which went like outside of the first round yeah, the rest yeah. of them were just over as soon as he got his hands on him um and you know there's, there's a reason why he's so highly rated but as we've seen recently at cage warriors and we've seen last night sometimes being highly rated don't always result in continuous victories yeah um, it's it's fighting at the end of the day as you know as you know better than me and it just it's whoever performs on the night at the highest standard is going to be the one who pulls off those victories yeah to his to his credit though i feel like he's he's built this style in a way that's designed to win yeah like doesn't take a lot of risks on the feet he's tight with his guard his wrestling for me obviously his wrestling's outstanding he gets to the back like i think he's built this style where unless somebody is going to be an unbelievable wrestler and be able to put him on his ass i feel like with his striking and his pressure it's going to take somebody to basically knock him out to beat him yeah um, i think which, um, yeah it's, it's, it's a brilliant style in terms of the likelihood of you winning yeah 100 percent. i think like people underrate his striking as well like mm. i see sometimes i see like people in comment sections on social media and stuff and they'll be giving it like oh he can't strike or he can't this but i think people don't give him enough credit for his all-round game like he's not just a wrestler um so I'd be i'd be really interested to see how he goes next particularly this this next 12 months i think could be massive massive for him yeah i think so you know you know what people are like is them trying to think of an example off the top of my head of somebody who like technically does a lot wrong striking but because he's wild may get a few knockouts they won't have anything to say about that guy striking but then no. somebody like jack who to his credit is really technical the way he strikes and it's because he's not swinging and putting people out on the feet they criticize it so yeah i doubt that uh, i doubt he takes any notice to that because i think if into his credit the way he strikes is is really good yeah it certainly is and um, right let's get into the the fights from last night um we'll kind of we'll fly through the prelims and then we'll go to the the main card um i mean in terms of the prelims the main two fights i want to focus on really was um uh saeed no oh, i can never bloody say the name uh, yeah that one versus mark uh, mark Strigel. um what did you make of this one because i thought it was a bit weird like the 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 hook which the he 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 takes him down with like a counter left uh Saeed does and it didn't look like a, like a massive shot he just looked as if the uh, struggle was off balance and then all of a sudden he kind of followed it up you know he to be in fairness to him he followed it up well mm. but it didn't that initial strike didn't look like something like that really rocked him no yeah I'd, I'd be really interested to know how much weight he cuts for that because I know the guys who've cut a lot of weight in the past and been sparked because of it have always said it was just one of those things where they'd get tapped with something and their whole equilibrium would go. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed seemed to be like that to me. Like you say, it didn't look like a hard shot. I know it was on, on the side of his face, but it wasn't like he was clean on the whiskers. Um, but yet still, he was clearly hurt and then that was all she wrote. So yeah, I think maybe it was something to do with that just as a guess. Yeah, I, I like was just strange because it just looked like he'd he'd caught him off balance more than caught him with like a clean you know clean shot which was going to spark him out and you know he felt he followed it up and he didn't uh didn't give him a chance and he finished it um yeah. the other fight on prelims which i was kind of focused on was john phillips fought uh young young park 
um, which went three rounds. Um, it was quite one-sided, though, in the way the fight ended up going. It was 30-25, 30 30-25, 30-25. Um, I, felt, I felt a bit frustrated for John Phillips because he wasn't able to kind of implement what he would have wanted to do with the fight. And Park just kept taking him you know, into the clinch and taking him down and broke records with the amount of strikes that he got off. And I mean... I saw someone on social media, I think it was MMA Wales, um, they put up a post about John Phillips and that. But they basically said, like, uh, not many guys would take that many strikes and still be going. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, you know, he deserves tremendous credit for that. But I thought Park, in terms of a game plan, it was the perfect game plan for someone like John Phillips, I think. Yeah, yeah, like you say, I mean, I think regardless of who you are and what your skill set is, if you're fighting John, the plan is going to be to do that. I mean, he struggled like with wrestling, right? You know, and people just, they don't even particularly try to finish him from the back. They'll just lay on top of him, one hook in and just, just tap away. I mean, he's, he's tapped his nails. He can take it, but the guys on top could probably do that all day if they had to. Um, yes. Yes. It was... And he's not learning as well. That's, that's the problem is like, we've seen Yeah. The last couple of fights now have been the same thing, haven't they? Um, yeah. I know. You might have finished it, but like it was the same game plan, basically, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, do you think John Phillips will get another fight in the UFC, or do you think we're more likely to see him elsewhere? No, I, I think elsewhere. Just historically, you look at some of the names that have been cut. I think what what is John? I think he's maybe one and five, one and four. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, what, either or. Um, I mean, we've seen guys cut on two and two. One and two, sometimes even with a with an equal record, maybe whatever, and and they're out. Um, and I know I know people will like feed the narrative of he's entertaining, and he definitely is. But if you take like the fact that we're Welsh and we obviously want him to do well aside, when he's fought in the UFC, he spent a lot more time just getting beat up from the bottom than he has hurting people on the feet. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that's it, isn't it? and like you say, like. From a Welsh point of view, I'd much rather you know I'd rather him stay there and and go and have like a you know go on a win streak. But ultimately, um, I think he's lost three on the bounce now, maybe even more than that. Yeah. Um, I think there's um let me say um let me say it off camera. There's such a career potential for him in bare knuckle though. Oh, do you know when I read that and I think again it'd be like credit to MMA Wales I think it was them they put up like a big post just talking about like John Phillips because I think people have been criticising him and they you know they pointed to some of his victories in Cage Warriors and his early days in like Bama and stuff and um, they said like BKFC would be perfect for him yeah it really would he's got so much power like and he'd, he'd be so entertaining because mm. He'd still be looking for those knockouts, like even though it's a different sport as such, he'd yeah. still be look, still fight the same way. You'd think, wouldn't he? Yeah, and I say it's not as if it's not as if he's all power. I mean, he's a tough, tough guy as well. I mean, oh, thinking about the knockout he had um, in the UFC, the one he had early on in the fight, the guy clipped him clean early on, and he just didn't even acknowledge it and just absolutely buried him. And that pretty much is bare knuckle boxing. It's really hard to block. Yeah. It's, there's no gloves, um, and again, you can only you can only slip so many shots. So pretty much, you land, I land, and then 
you definitely don't want to play in that game with him. Yeah, I mean, one of my favourite fights, um, which he'd been in in the UFC, was him versus Marshman. Um, mm. That was like an awesome fight, that was. But like, I just how did, how did you call that? Oh, I don't know, I can't remember. But I think I, I, off memory, I think I had it slightly different to what the judges had it, but I, I can't yeah, remember. It they give it to Marshman, didn't they? But I'd be fair, I yeah. thought John won that. I mean, if the striking was, I don't know, say 55, 45% in favour of Marshman, he probably was landing a little bit more on the back foot. Mm. 100% of the pressure was coming from John. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if the striking is somewhat equal, that's supposed to be when cage control comes into it. And the cage control was 100% to John. Plus he, yeah. plus he knocked him down. So, yeah, I was a bit confused by that. Yeah, not the first time, though, is he being, like, confused by some judging yeah. uh, decisions and stuff. But, like, I was just looking and he beat um, Divoski in September 2019 via KO in, like, 17 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the and then he lost. And then he lost to Chmaev and then, obviously, Park last night. Um, and then before that, he had lost to Marshman and Holland and Bird, so he was on a three lose, three fight losing streak. Then he won, and then he lost another two, so he's yeah. like one and five. So, like you say, going on as much as I would like him, you know, to not I don't you know I don't want to see him get cut. I think when you look at the historically what the UFC do, it's difficult to see how they keep him. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of fighters who are very entertaining. In the, at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of fighters who went, uh, you know, will go all hell for leather with strikes and stuff. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was... Was there anything else on the prelims which kind of caught your eye, mate? Oh, um, I forget the guy you fought, but you know Gamrot, the one who had lot headlined the prelims? Oh, yeah. Uh, Guron Kutiladze versus uh, Mateus Gamrod. Oh, yes. That was a fight and a half. This is bonkers, mate. That was... 28, yeah, I mean, 20 split decision 29 28 28 29 29 28 to uh Kutaladas. Kutaladas. Mm. you like that one mate did you oh i just i just thought it was incredibly high level for two ufc um debutants it just shows the amount of skill outside the ufc i mean i know those guys to their credit like they're at the very top of other promotions was not as if like they're really dating their mma career no but and yeah like the other I thing as well, such high level. The other thing as well is like, it's their UFC debuts, but because, like, people don't outside of like the UFC, people don't know who they were, mm. and then you see them pull off a fight like that, which, like you say, was like technically just so good, and you yeah. wonder, you know, what other talent is out there which people don't even like people like. Like myself, who watch a lot of MMA, like I wonder, like how much of it? Because I, I, like, I watch the UFC and then I watch Cage Warriors and Bellator and like maybe some European stuff. And I wonder then how much is out there over in America and and Brazil and all these places where I don't watch any kind of stuff which is under the UFC. Yeah, I tell you what, another one is guys who don't even compete. Like it's a it's a bit of a cliche in combat sports, isn't it? Like every gym will have one guy who's maybe competed once or not at all, 
But when it comes to sparring, put him in with anyone, even guys who are full time. Yeah. And he, he runs rings around them. There's a there's a guy at Henzo Gracie's, and this is jujitsu. It's not MMA. But I forget what his job is. They did say anyway. He's got a full time job, and he rocks up in the evening. And they put him on the mat with anyone, like Gordon and Nicky Ryan, Gary Tonin, and apparently he does well. Yeah. But I mean, again, no one knows who he is outside that gym. No. But yeah, I'm sure Danny said there's someone like that at BST. Who yeah, they, every gym to, They no. try and get him to like do um, you know to commit to it full time or whatever, and he's not interested at all. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was I, I enjoyed that fight. It was uh, one of my favorites actually on the card. I think to watch. Um, the main card opened with a good one as well, mind, which was um, Thomas Almeida versus Jonathan Martinez. What did uh, what did you make of that one? Again, si- similar to um, similar to the Gamrot fight, just really really high level from a pair of them. But Almeida looked good at featherweight, like a phantom. He just. You know, he had that, that gaunt, skinny look to him. He looked like yeah. he starved himself for a month. Looked rough. Yeah, extremely so. I think he got he got wobbled a fair few times as well, even in fights that he won. Mm. But fair play, Martinez clipped him a fair bit and he, he looked so much more durable. Um, yeah, he never really looked in trouble, did he, in this fight? So like, yeah, when yeah. you compare that to the previous couple. Yeah, considering who he's in there with as well, because Martinez is a beast. Yeah. Um. And he was hitting him hard, and like I say, he just looked so much more doable. But um, again, it was like a very, very high-level fight, but it was one where Martinez was always just slightly ahead. Mm. Did you give um, all three rounds to Martinez? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Na- granted, narrowly. Like, 37, um, 30-27 sounds like a white yeah, one. Yeah. It wasn't. It was like every round was close, but I could never really justify giving it, giving one for meter. What yeah, they, the I I had the three, yeah, and, and like you say, they were they were close, but ultimately it was like there wasn't enough in any of them to give it to Martinez, yeah, and, and give it to Almeida. But um, I was really impressed with both guys. I got to be honest. I thought um, mm-hmm. Almeida looked looked solid, like, but um, I really like watching Martinez. There's just something about him. He's got like this um. Like everything he does looks smooth, and it's just when you got yeah. guys like that who can do a bit of everything as well. Like, like he, yeah, he goes to the it. ground. He look, he looks comfortable wherever the fight goes. Mm. And I always think, like, if you've got that, then you have got a good chance, haven't you? Yeah, it's they're all saying it, like the the really good ones make it look easy. Mm. And he, he, he does... never looks stressed, does he? You no, I mean? he does. Like you never see him like. You never see him like really grunting, like snarling. It's all just, it's all just slick. Comes natural to him, like so. It'd be interested <laughs> to see what where they go next with um, Martinez. Is he ranked? I don't think he is. Is he? No, I don't think he is either. I may, I may be wrong though. Um, but what? But you think Almeida looked better in uh, was it bantamweight? Yeah, I think so. I think um. I mean, obviously, there's there's exceptions, but the whole thing about cutting drastic weight is kind of going out of the sport a little bit now. Well, there's um, fate like everyone who's like when you look back over the last couple of years, or even the like, say the last ten years, and some of those guys who've cut weight and they've come out and they look terrible. Mm. Like even when McGregor cut all that weight, do you remember how rough he looked? Yeah, he looked, but, um, he looked like a crackhead. Like yeah, we rewatched them. Um, 
I forget. It was, um, we rewatched the um, Dennis Siva fight not so long ago, mm. and again, you don't recognize him. It's like again. I mean, I think modern day rehydration is so good now that even if someone cutting I don't know twenty pounds on fight week, that's not too bad. It's the it's the amount of weight you're losing in the camp. Yeah, like you're asking someone to train the way we train, and then it's like, oh, and by the way, you've got to lose, I don't know, ten to fifteen pounds. It's like, well, no, no wonder you're gonna look, you're gonna look really gaunt and fragile. I was watching it with my missus last night. I say watching it with, I was watching, and she was trying to distract me. But um, she was talking about, um, oh, I forget the guy's name, uh, the one who fought against Nurmagomedov in the first fight, and he oh, was so. Cool. Yeah, he's so shredded, but she just said, like, look, he just, I don't know, he looks fragile. Looks ill, like. Mm. But then it's, it's, it's weird to say because he's so shredded, but, yeah, it makes a lot of sense given the way he went down. Yeah, and I mean, that's, like, whenever I, if I ever, we ever ask for questions, like, of people, we always, always will have questions about weight cuts and why do fighters cut weight and why don't they, you know, why don't they just fight to the weight they are and, but it, ultimately, it's to get an advantage, isn't it? It's... Yeah. It's gone the other way now, isn't it? It's gone to the point now where everyone does it just so they're not at a disadvantage. Well, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not you even can't... to get an advantage. It's just not to be the one. Because uh, I've done that in the past where there was a confusion over it was same day weigh-in or day before. So yeah. we thought it was same day weigh-in and it wasn't. It was a day before weigh-in. And when it came to fight night, we were not the same size at all. I still won, but... Like when we square off, it was like, oh god, he's big. Oh yeah. Um, I was going to ask you actually, just before we move on to the next one. Um, obviously you were due to fight at the re- most recent Cage Warriors um show. Obviously, me and you have spoken about it, but like just for the for the folks, um, obviously that must have been frustrating for you to be all ready and have gone through the camp and raring yeah. to go. Yeah. It, um. But it was it was twelve weeks of dieting, twelve weeks of training, twelve weeks of dieting. I I don't cheat on my diet at all. I don't. I literally won't do anything that's not planned. Um. So yeah, for twelve weeks of that, and then we were traveling up on the two day. Got to got to Newport because we had to stop off with my um my nutrition coach just to get some supplements for the rehydration. Yeah. So, I just ran in. My brother was waiting in the car, and then he came in, and I was like, "What's he What's he coming in for?" And he just went, oh, mate, you're not going to like this. No. And then that, that was that then. Um, so we had a choice. We literally we could have turned around and gone home or go up, make weight, and fingers crossed somebody test positive for COVID or something happens with someone. So like I say, when you train for 12 weeks, you're, you're going you're gonna to want to see it through. And then just the way the way that it lay, the only pullouts were either at lightweight or, or um, bantamweight. Yeah. But again, at, at that point, nobody at Bantamweight wanted to take a fight there. Nobody at Featherweight wanted to go up. Right, rightfully so. You can't be messing around that no. late. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Was that. But, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit pissed off about that because, by all accounts, the reason that it didn't happen was just because they didn't read his um, him or his team or both. They didn't read the rules correctly when it came to COVID. So they wanted people to come up later in the week to, to be with him and then they didn't realise that but because of the COVID stuff we had to be there the whole week yeah Um. so as far as I'm aware the choice was go up on your own or don't go and he didn't go 
Um, again, there's two sides to every story, so I won't, I won't condemn. Yeah, don't want to completely but, bury him, but mm, that's but listen, like. Yeah, when uh, when we found out, my I I was kind of gobsmacked, uh, and my coach Wayne Samways turned around and literally just said, "Look, if it was a choice between if Ben had that choice, he'd be going up one hundred percent." But like you would, if you've just spent twelve weeks training, why would you sacrifice that fight just because someone can't travel with you? Like, yeah, no matter who it is, do you know what I mean? Even if it's like your closest, closest confidant who's been at every fight and is you like your biggest influence, even if it was that person, you'd still go do the fight and kind of, I don't know, do it in their honour or whatever you want to say. Yeah. You don't not go like you. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people don't realise how much contact there is behind the scenes. Because, you know, it's like you watch watch two guys fight on TV and you assume that they're not around each other at all. Whereas reality of it is you're staying in the same hotel like yeah, you bump into each other you have meetings and when you're in we meetings you're that with yeah. Oban and uh, what's his head oh yeah yeah. Yeah. Cruz, uh. yeah but funny funny you should mention that because um Figlak he was he was only with his brother yeah they, they went up on their own and then because they know Dave Matthews from Lions Den he so it was like that's that was the exact point like the odds of you going to a show like that and knowing somebody yeah, that would jump in is is really high. Um, and even if somebody had messaged me saying, "Look, he hasn't got a corner, so we both go with no corners," I would say, "Fuck yeah!" To be honest, if you don't know it by fight night, you're fucked anyway. Sure. So yeah, disappointing, mate. I gotta say, like I was disappointed, and no, you know, it's you. nothing to do with me. Like obviously, I'd spoke, I did be interviewing fighters in the build up to that event, including yourself, and mm-hmm. we'd had you on this show. So like I knew how up for it you were, and I was up for it. I was well up for like watching all the Welsh boys fight and stuff. And then it was just like oh, it's off. So. Yeah, no, thank you. It is a shame. I'm, 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 I don't need anything from Cage Warriors in terms of opponents yet. I'm pretty sure I'll be on in December. Um, yeah, there's I, another one, that, yeah. another trilogy, isn't it? Yeah, in that's December. it. In, in London this time, so the location doesn't matter so much now without a crowd. But they said I'm going to be on that. They're just trying to fix the name. I don't know whether it'll be Crawford again or somebody else. It really doesn't matter. I feel like I'm going to smash so many of them anyway. It really doesn't matter to me who it is. Just put me in there with someone. I've had three cancelled fights now in 2020. Yeah, he might not want to fight you now, though, because he's pissed you off a bit. So you might no, like, I was going to stop him anyway. So it makes no difference. But yeah. I'm champing because uh, I'm good friends with Mason. Mason's now 10-0, two-time champion. And if, yeah. it been, if it hadn't been for pull-out fights this year, I'd be 5-0. and Yeah. So it's still half of what he is, but I'm even worse now. So yeah. he gets to yeah. piss out of me. Well, hopefully December, mate. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, so next up, we had uh, Claudio Silva versus uh, James Krause uh, with James Krause defeating Claudio Silva by unanimous decision, 30-27 times three. Um, I have only seen the first round of this one. Uh, this oh, you've seen the whole fight then? No, I haven't. Is it? This is pretty yeah, much the you, same all the way yeah, through. Yeah, you've seen it? the first, you've seen it all, yeah. What did um, you make of this one? It um, to be fair, even me saying that might be a bit generous to Silva because I know he partially got to his back in the first, and he didn't for the rest of it. Just yeah, just just poor from Silva. He had he had one route to try and win, mm. and that that's that's not enough, and it hasn't been enough for a while now in the UFC. Um, and again, like I mean, I'm not sure what um, I'm not sure how good Silva is in pure jiu-jitsu. 
but everyone knows jujitsu now. It's like so for that to be your route to victory, you're gonna have to be like Damian Meyer level. Like it's reminding me of like when um, when Cone Gracie fought uh, Cub Swanson. And again, the whole thing was about getting a takedown. And I, I can't remember who was commenting. But they even said, they were like, look, these guys have had a jiu-jitsu match. And Chrome won by two points. So, like, the whole narrative of, oh, yeah, if Chrome gets his takedown, his job done. Yeah. Is miles yeah, from the truth. Yeah. And again, MMA grappling is different again. And MMA experience. Sorry, MMA grappling experience with... Krause has done shared load of that. So what what made him think that's enough? I, I don't know. And he was in shit shape as well. Um, yeah, he didn't look the best shape, did he? Um, yeah, I mean it's not a bodybuilding competition, but he's carrying excess fat. And I'm like, well, how hard is he to carry that shit? So yeah, you got to be prepared, have you? Like physically mm-hmm. and mentally, whether yeah. he was or not. I don't know. Like his record is um, it's really impressive. Like on paper, like he's. Yeah. Um, so he lost twice. One of them was his first fight, and he lost because of a, an illegal elbow, which oh, can okay. kind of excuse in like your first fight. But I was yeah. back in two thousand and seven, and then he I'm lost. Uh, so yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, six. That was his sixth fight in the UFC. Uh, he's done alright then. Yeah, he beat. Um, who's he beaten? He so he beat Leon Edwards by decision. Split decision. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was in uh, Brazil, mm. and that was his welterweight debut. And he's had like he's had performances of the night. He's um, he had a catchweight fight on the Covington Lawler card, but I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Like he just didn't. He just didn't look from the little. Like like I said, I didn't catch all of the fight. I caught like the first round and a little bit of the second round, but not much. Yeah. He um. He just didn't look, didn't look sharp. Like didn't look sharp at all. No, no. Whereas James Krause, like I don't think necessarily James Krause is like a world beater necessarily, but he looked, um, he looked switched on. He looked focused. He looked prepared. Yeah, it was weird because I mean, um, Silver was landing a decent amount, mm. just from fit semi faking a takedown and lunging with like an overhand. Mm. So like you say, Krause by no means was razor sharp himself. But he's just picking him apart. Um, yeah, yeah, he's just wait, waiting for them when he like those counter shots and stuff. And um, like Kraus kept just hitting him with those like counter rights as he was um, as yeah, Silva was swinging in. Like, he was just picking yeah. him off like um, in that first round. And like you say, if he carried on like that, um, but yeah. Um, I, I was surprised when I've just looked at Claudio Silva's record, how good it is. Yeah, to compared honest, I to that fight, that. Like, I wasn't expecting that. So, it's, I'm I'm have to go and watch some of his stuff now to see how we got. Because Leon Edwards in particular, like I mean, I can't, Leon remember, Edwards, him, I can't really remember the fight. Yeah, he really is. And like I know Usman got um, got Edwards down okay, but we rewatched that maybe like a month ago, maybe less, and it was it was a lot less one sided than what I remember from watching it live. Hmm. Like, yeah, he struggled to keep him down and get him down. So if Silverman is there, yeah, just we'll have to go rewatch that. Yeah, that calls for some uh, some rewatches. Uh, next up was uh, Jim Crute versus Modestus Bukowskis, uh, which is obviously Danny's fighter. Um, did not go to plan. Uh, like we spoke about off air, like Modestus is so highly rated by 
anyone who you speak to from particularly like the European MMA scene, but even the guys who I know like in Canada and America, they've all heard of him. They all, you know, they all know of him. Um, he just, he never, he was never able to implement his plan. Um, and, you know, I th- I do feel like Jimmy Crute was a little bit, um, he felt like he'd been a bit disrespected in the build-up. Like everyone was talking about Modestus this, Modestus that. And, you know, I was talking about Modestus because I know him and I know Danny and I kind of, you're obviously going to talk about what you know more. But, like, judging by some of Jimmy Crute's comments after the fight, I think he felt like he was a bit disrespected. Uh, obviously, you know, he's in the top 15 now, basically. He was mm. ranked 16th before this. Um, and it kind of sort of started off, it was a bit uh, tentative. And then Crute hit some leg kicks, but they weren't like um, so brutal that they were gonna, you know, they were chopping him down. Like they were just nice leg kicks. And then he got um, Modestas against the cage, and he just, uh, I think he kneed him in the groin. Mm. Fight was stopped briefly, and then when they came back, um, Modestas was trying to. You could see he was trying to keep his distance to nail like a big kick. You could see the way he was trying to set it up. And as he went for that big sort of kick to the midriff of Crute, he just caught him, boom, with a, I think it was a right counter-right or a right, right, yeah, like a right, right. hook. Yeah. And he, as he stumbled back, Modestus, he kind of twisted as well, so that when he kind of, when Crute followed it up, Modestus was almost n- not looking, if that makes sense, because he had... Yeah. Sort of yeah, twisted around, him. didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he caught him again, and I think he hit him. So he hit him with a big shot. Then he twisted, and then he hit him another two times, and the ref jumped in. Um, Modestus did look. To, he like kind of looked at the ref as if to say, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, I, I, I'm all right. But when you get it with three massive shots like that, like they were real big, clean shots, most referees are going to stop it there because he's yeah, on the deck so as well. Yeah. But. You know, Modestus is good enough to come back from it. It's a, that was a massive fight for him. A big step up in quality as well. Yeah. From what yeah. he's fought previously. Like, like when you compare Jimmy Crute to the guy he fought on the first Fight Island card, it's like night and day. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really is. But what did you make of this one, mate? Just while I have a quick look at something. Um, yeah, to be fair, say Jimmy Crute, I thought, I think Dan Hardy commented on it. It just looked like he just planted his feet and any time Modesta so much as twist he was going to try and meet fire with fire yeah um, and it was just one of those situations where his hands were a little bit quicker than Modestus's feet um, I mean we've, we've seen that go wrong so many times like someone tries to meet a kick yeah um, and, and it doesn't the kick lands but in fairness to him he was he was honed in uh, and like you say in terms of the finish right, when, some, when someone spins they're facing the wrong way they eat another one and then they go down like it's most reps are going to stop by and then no matter how with it you are and you know don't get me wrong like i was desperately wanting modestus to win like yeah there was i'm not i wasn't being like uh impartial for the podcast like i wanted (laughs) modestus to win yeah Um, i consider him a friend like and i was gutted but I can, you know, most referees would have stopped it at that point. And, like, I just look at now. So, the guy he fought on the first fight, um, Island, was Andreas Mikeladis, who's a, a Greek, Greek fighter. 
And then when you compare his record, like he's got a decent record around Europe and that, mm. but like he was making his UFC debut at that on the Qatar versus Ig card uh, against Modestus. When you consider that fight, so they were both making their debut on the prelims to then yeah. what was this third fight from the top yeah. on the main card against the top, basically a top fifteen fighter. That's a massive jump up. Yeah, and I just and wonder where they're on the UFC, isn't he? Say again. Crude's had a few in the UFC now, hasn't he? Yeah, God, Jimmy. Uh, and like, I just wonder whether they could have given. Um, look, and I know that um, you know. I know Modestus. Want, he just wants to fight the mm. top guys, like, and prove himself. Which you know, all fighters do, don't they? Like, at the end yeah. of the day, like if Cage Warriors or UFC offered you like a feather top three featherweight, uh, or someone yeah. who's ranked like twentieth, you're going to take the top three. Yeah, because you want to stamp yourself on the division, didn't you? Yeah. But it's just one of those things. Um, so Jimmy Crew is he's twelve and one um, career wise. He's had what UFC now. Uh, so he he had a fight on the Contender series, mm. which he won versus Chris, Chris Birchley. If you count that as UFC, I suppose. But his official UFC debut, he played. Uh, he played. He fought Paul Craig. Then he fought Sam Alvey. Then he lost to Misha Shirkinov via submission. Mm. Um, but that was ages ago as well. That was on the Cowboy versus Gaethje card in 2019. Oh, shit, so, yeah. Like, it was a while. He's been around a while. Like uh, Then he fought Michelle Oglachevic, um, which he won. And then he's, you know... So he fought... The last time he fought before this was on Felder versus Hooker. Um, back in February of this year, so yeah. I mean, he's been in the UFC a while, but like, and that's what I mean. He's experienced as well as being like a top fifteen guy. Yeah, and, you know, obviously I'm talking in hindsight, like, and talking as someone who was, you know, supporting Modestus and that. Um, yeah, like you say, I mean, it's four, it's four fights in the UFC plus a fair bit of time in the UFC. Like, with that time, you don't know how much like he's leaned on the UFC. Um, the apex and that yeah like there's all this stuff he can he can use to aid his training like even like financially yeah although we know the UFC guys aren't getting paid what they should be it's enough where generally you can supplement your training the way you want to like it's all advantages and then yeah, especially if you're based in America I think as well isn't it if you're yeah, based definitely. in America you've got an advantage because you've got like the apex center and yeah. all, these, all the teams which are up you know, based in America as well, but yeah. you know, I'm um, I'm excited to see what comes next for both fighters because I know like Modestus will want to fight today, like to to make up for it. Yeah, and you know Jimmy Crute's on a bit of a bit of a roll, so it'll be interesting. But uh, next up was the ladies. Uh, number one ranked Caitlin Shkagian versus the number two ranked Strawweight, which was Jessica Andrade. Um, now, you tell me as a fighter because when um, towards the end of the first round, actually literally right at the end, um, Chikagian got a she took a big like uh, rabbit punch almost hook like into the ribs, mm. and she like jumped back, grabbed her midsection, made like a big thing of it. I thought I was watching wrestling for a minute, <laughs> like just by the not, and I don't mean that necessarily disrespectfully, disrespectfully to. 
Chikagian. It's just you don't see fighters react to that obviously very often. Like they no, try and hide it, wouldn't they? Because yeah. they don't want to put a target on it. Yeah. And it didn't take Andrade long. She was like, "All right, <laughs> flying knee." And the only the only thing I can think is, I think body shots are different. Like although the shot didn't look hard, sometimes it hasn't got to hit you hard in the stomach. No, to it, just the right like, space. Yeah, like I don't think there's no one tougher than Jeremy Stevens, and like when Aldo caught him to the body, and you can just see it on his face how much pain he's in. Yeah. Um, you don't see it very often, though, do you? Like nah, fighters react like a. Yeah, like you say, you can get like punched in the face, elbowed in the face, kicked, uh, kicked in the knee, whatever. You can generally somewhat hide it unless there's like accumulation, but sometimes one body shot on the button, and yeah, Take it shuts you off. I wonder if she um, if she broke a rib or something because it was it was a decent shot like in the any mm. corner like right in under the ribs, um, and quite, then Andrade quite square, wasn't it? From it? Yeah. And Andrade, um, she or she, really capitalised on it. Like you see in the moment in the replay, you see the moment she notices, and she just runs it out with like a flying yeah, knee, yeah, and then hits it with a couple of shots, and yeah. then you know it's game over. And like she, as soon as she, I felt like as soon as she held her ribs and backed away the way she did, like that was. Yeah. Kind of it, like it was, you know, it's game over then, wasn't it? Yeah, um, to be fair, in terms of being vicious for a female Andrade's up there, top five in any female in MMA, and she, yeah, yeah, yeah there's not many uh, more vicious than that. With that, and like, I think that was that was a big result for her because obviously she fights a straw weight, um, and she's the number two ranked fighter in the straw weight, and then she fought, um, and who was the top flyweight. And um, yeah, it's just she's very impressive. Yeah, uh, she is. And she's a powerhouse. Um, yeah, she's just say five five one as well. She's always given up range. Mm, she's um, she's so small, and she. Yeah. But but she vicious. fights she fights a bit like Daniel Cormier, doesn't she? Just she's in there throwing hooks. She's pummeling under hooks. She's driving people to the cage. She's um, she, she's a hand fighter from memory. The only one who's really outclassed her a bit is Joanna yeah back when <laughs> Joanna was doing stuff mm, yeah let's say Andrade's looking to wrestle like body lock and clinch and Joanna with her Muay Thai is just framing and elbowing knee in and then spinning off yeah she's constantly making her reset but yeah she's she's a handful of fair play to her Jack and um, they'll rematch her against uh, Zhang Wiley, Wiley for the strawway title um, I don't know. Because, yeah, maybe. Um, trying to think if anyone else at strawweight's really Rose, uh, no Eunice, maybe. But... Yeah, I mean Rose's fight with um Andrade is a weird one. It like Rose was doing so well, but just Andrade just always seems to be able to hurt him. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. Is that uh, Zhang Wiley? I think I should really enjoy watching her fight. Like, she's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, she's um, she? I'd like. I would. Who did she fight? Um, and she lost. It was like a cross. Was it Nunes? No. Who did she fight? Una Wiley. Yeah, it, it was her last fight uh, against. Oh, it was Joanna, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. That was a awesome fight like yeah that. yeah it really was i mean if they remake that everyone's tuning in they no question um i i gotta be honest she's um 
she is my favorite female to watch uh jang is but like it was a someone tweeted the other day and said like oh i'd rather watch cyborg than any other female fighter and i was like oh mate I yeah just, like you're missing so many that, yeah. good fighters um like we've been treated 2020 has been a shit year for many reasons but like female mma in the ufc has been absolutely insane like the um so many good fights and that yeah um <clears throat> right next up there's the main event brian ortega finally back in the cage after his uh, knee injury uh rank number two versus number four korean zombie i was really looking forward to this fight i really was and then um, yeah, did it disappoint um I think the zombie disappointed a bit. Um, yeah, I thought he, he was a bit underwhelming. Yeah, credit to Ortega, he was he was winning from the first second pretty much to the last. So, the if something was going to change, it wasn't on him to do it. Yeah, it's on the guy who was losing. And again, I think like I don't know. I mean, I thought Ortega looked awesome, but he's just where I think he's learned is he's. He's faking takedowns. He's grabbing the leg. I mean, he, he only finished one takedown, but he was constantly grabbing his leg on top of his leg. And everyone's going to be respectful of that because it was jujitsu. And we saw how much that opened up his, his striking. Um, I mean, for memory, with Max Holloway, I don't think he shot on him once. It's like, yeah. with, with some of these guys who are legit strikers, and the zombie's obviously a legit striker, you've got to you've got to MMA fight them. You've got to make them think about everything. Um, and in credit to him, he did it. And then before you know it, then it's like the whole um, Khabib on McGregor thing. You're making him think about a, a takedown and then whack. You've, you've eaten one right across the chops. And that spinning elbow. Yeah, that, uh, that was slick. No fairness what to about him. about that? Yeah, credit to him. I mean, the zombies having a hard time with elbows at the minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rodriguez and that. But yeah. yeah, that was uh, insane, that Rodriguez as well. But even that last night was beautiful. Like it was just so smooth. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I was disappointed with Korean Zombie a bit because I was really looking forward to this fight. Um, and I, but I thought it was good to see Brian Ortega back because, let's be honest, when he fought Holloway, he took an absolute pace then, yeah, like physically, mentally, just everything. Like it was brutal to watch. Yeah. Great, you know, exciting fight to watch and stuff. But, um, like I saw Ortega say, like he still hasn't, you know, he wants to fight Holloway and rematch him and stuff. But that man, that fight particularly was quite brutal to watch. But yeah, um, I thought I he was well, excellent would, last night. I would be interested to see it. I'm interested to see it if if Ortega was fighting him in a way where it was threatening him on all levels. Yeah, you you don't you don't want to have a boxing match with Holloway. Like it's not a good idea. Like he's super long, he's super fit, and he's super sharp. But if you can if you can make him guess on a fight on level changes, then all of a sudden it gets interesting really quick. Mm. Um. So yeah, no, I wouldn't mind. Saying, I think they're gonna they're gonna give him the Volkanovski fight now, though, aren't they? Um, or take yeah, him. yeah, that'd be a good fight though. Yeah, really it will. good fight. Like he. Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, quite often, like, even in that Holloway fight, he would, like, almost try and walk through um, Holloway's striking to try mm. and get to the takedown or to strike with him. He would try and walk through it, and he was just getting smashed up, like. 
Yeah. Whereas in this one, like you said, it, the feints were there. He was timing his takedowns nicely, and just everything was everything again. Like we talked about earlier about um, like uh, what was it? It was Martinez, wasn't it? About how, how comfortable he looked and how smooth mm-hmm. and just everything was coming natu- naturally to him. I thought Ortega looked like that. I really thought he looked not just back to his best, but I think he looked like he'd added a few tricks to his uh, tricks yeah. to his game, like, and he just yeah. looked a lot slicker. Like, you know, we know his jujitsu is out of this world. Yeah, scary, scary good. But I thought his, you know, his striking looked good, and everything looked pretty good, like with him. Mm. Um, Korean Zombie, you know, I guess it is what it is. I suppose. Like, it's, it's interesting but like the more the more technical you strike in the better the zombie will do with you mm. like we've seen him counter um counter jabs with his right hand so many times in like different ways but sometimes it's just someone with weird style like i would say ortega has a weird style um yeah so he's like, unique isn't he yeah like herky jerky with his movements plus the threat of his grappling and then before you know it the zombie's getting cracked but I think in terms of a technical stand-up fight, the only guy I can recall I was striking him is Aldo. Like, and that's prime Aldo as well. Like, yeah, it probably is, isn't it? Yeah, there's no denying how, how technically it is. And sometimes it just takes a weird style to unravel that. Um, oh, yes. But, but again, yeah, say, if, if he's not, when he's not winning the striking battle, and then someone like me is saying he needs to do something to change it, it's not easy to do that on Ortega because... You're not gonna want to take or take it down. No. But again, maybe that's when you do it. That's when you do um, fake the level changes back to him. Grab his leg, grab his leg, lift it up, let it go. As he's bringing his leg down to the floor, you smack it. Like it's as, sim- as simple as that. And that's very much what Ortega was doing to him. Like I said, I think from memory, he only finished one takedown himself, and that's when, that's after he clipped the zombie. Um, yeah, I mean, I gotta say, like, it's fascinating listening to you, like, because I was gonna ask you, well, like, what could Korean Zombie have done different, like, because I felt like he was kind of just doing the same stuff, like he wasn't changing it up at all. Yeah. Um. Whereas, and like you said, like we said with Ortega, he was fainting takedowns, he was going in, coming out, his striking was good, and he, like you say, he's got that weird style, but I felt like Korean Zombie didn't adjust. Yeah, like in all five rounds, he kept yeah. making the same mistakes, or not even necessarily mistakes, but like he wasn't adjusting his game plan because of what Ortega was doing. And I think like you had to do that after the third round, yeah. just having three rounds of the same thing. It was like, yeah, come on. I um, I think that more than anything else is like the indicator between a good fighter and a great fighter, uh, somebody who will literally turn the fight on its head and like but not not only that but do it uh with enough time to change the result of the fight like the best example of it is like henry cejudo like he's in a five round fight against morais and then in the second round he's walking him down yeah yeah it's like just, just instantly as soon as it's not going well it's like right i'm gonna win i'm gonna win and i'm gonna do what i have to do to win like there's so many times where we see guys lose two rounds and then they mix it up in the third and do really well. And it's like, well, mate, you've left yourself in a borderline. too late, like. Yeah, it's like, well, if you, even if you 10 8 them, you're going to draw. So you've got you've to stop them. And it's not easy to stop these guys. Like, um, Bisping, to be fair, is really good, for him, um, really good with this, where, like, if someone is clearly losing 
10-9, it gets to 2 minutes 30 seconds of the second round. So it's not Brisbane, it's DC. So he thinks of it from like a wrestling mindset. Mm. It's like, well, we are now at the halfway point. So you need to win the second half of this fight in the same manner you just lost it just to get a draw. Yeah. Uh, and it's, hey, it makes it makes so much sense. But so many guys, yeah, they're not able to change it. But then, like, sometimes I think, like, I ask Danny this all the time, obviously, as a coach, like, is that down to the coaches to say, right, we need to change it up, you know, do something different? Or is it down to the fighter to, you know, have the the fight IQ to be able to say, right, this is not working, I'm losing this fight, I need to do something different? Maybe a combination of both, but... For, for me, it's 100% down to the fight there, I think. You're the one in the cage. You're the one fighting. Yeah. Um, I think where your coach's responsibility is, you know, in the, well, all, all year round in the training room, it's like, look, if I'm trying to achieve X, Y, Z, how are we going to go about it? That's, that's your coach's responsibility to teach you. Well, one sec, I'm going to have to jump into the next room until I'm about to, my throat's about to die. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. In the training camp, that's your coach's responsibility to give you the knowledge and the weapons. But yeah. in the in the fight itself, that's that's on you. Um, I think the only time it potentially becomes the corner's responsibility is when they're telling you it's all good when it's not. Um, like oh god, I think, I'm pretty sure that happened on on Saturday. Um, yeah, the zombie, yeah. I think after round two, his corner was telling him to keep doing what he was doing. It was either it was either the Ortega fight or it was in a fight I was watching of him in the week where they were telling him it was okay. It was the Aldo fight. When yeah. he fought Aldo after round two, they said, oh, it's going well, keep doing what you're doing. I think Brian Stan was commentating and he's just like, what What the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, like it's, it's a lie. Like, And it does not, I, like, I, I'm, you know, I understand wanting to, to keep your fighters morale up and, you know, boost them, whatever, boost confidence, whatever. But if you're telling them, like, stuff that's not going to help them, there's pointless you being there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, first and foremost, by telling him that, he could think, like, I'm two rounds up when he's probably two rounds down. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's not going well. Like, Yeah. I think as well, like, maybe, like, you start to doubt your own perception of what's going on. Because yeah. this happened to me, like particularly like in in the more tough fights, you you lose track of what's going on. Mm. So like when your coach comes in and you trust what your coach is saying, it can like bring you back not not to reality, but bring you back to the moment a little bit where you get your bearings. Whereas if someone comes in and he's just telling you something, you're like, oh fuck, that's that's not what I thought was happening. Yeah, and then you start to second guess yourself. Well, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess if you were yeah, like. Uh, God, this is going terrible. This is going terrible. This like in your head, you're thinking, "I got to change it up. Got to change it up." You get to your corner, and they're like, "Oh yeah, great, wicked. This is the best fight you've ever done. Well done. Keep doing what you're doing." It's like, yeah, you're gonna. That's gonna be in your head, then, isn't it? Because you're I gonna. Um, my coach and I have got a great moment on this because, say, touch word, like all my fights have gone pretty well so far. I've only lost one round, and on the round that I lost on the way back to the corner, I literally remember thinking to myself, like, fuck me, you just lost that round. Like, first one you've lost. And then, obviously, I was pissed off. And when I got to the corner, Lou Long was just laughing at me. He goes, oh, nice to see you in a fight for once. <laughs> and it just 
literally just brought everything back to reality and it's just calm and you just think to yourself, like, well, there's no way I'm losing this fight. Yeah. Whereas, like, say, I see a lot of guys, they're either telling you you're doing fine, which you know you're not, so that's no good. No. Or they're a little bit, oh, mate, yeah, you can do this, like, acting like a cheerleader. And again, you don't really need a cheerleader. You no, just need no. someone. Technical advice or whatever. Yeah. Calm you down. Again, calmly. And yeah. then a little bit of technical advice. You just drop water and get on with it. Yeah. Tell you what, tell you what they, like, I can imagine, like, sometimes in a frenetic fight, like, the fighters going to obviously focus so much on defending, attacking, whatever it may be, that the the the, the coaches might, they might spot something which you don't as a fighter. Mm. It's so obviously, um, they might see a difference. So you want that advice, don't you? You want that technical insight or whatever. But what you yeah. don't need, yeah, you don't need a cheerleader, do you? It's no, I tell you what, it's a nasty thing to say, but I feel like with these corners as well, a lot of them are there trying to basically promote themselves. Like trying to corner in a way which is like slightly different or gets a bit of attention on them, like is that? Yeah, and fair play. I mean, the commentators are going to commentate, so if it is different, they're going to mention it, and when they mention it, everyone then looks. Oh, who's the corner there? Yeah, yeah, uh, I see, yeah. yeah I, see, I see a lot of that, and I, I, I don't like it. Uh, I'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll see they they say or do stuff which is weird and you're like well why are you saying that like remember yeah, again obviously it's not everyone but no I know um, yeah. alright just to finish this off I mate because I know you've got to go um, just going to do some quick predictions of next week's ridiculous card um, <laughs> and and this is with some fights have been called off this card as well which is mad yeah it's still this good um, on the prelims we've got Umar Nem- no you can say it uh, uh, Nemagomedov um, he's out He's out, is he? He's out. He got staff. Ugh, right, I'm okay, so Because I was looking forward to watching him. So is he related? Is Umar related to Khabib? He is. Uh, yeah, his cousin. Cousin. But Saeed is not related to them. No. Right. Um, uh, but his yeah. brother signed for Bellator, didn't he? Oh, no, that's his cousin as well. That's, oh, um, right, okay. that's the guy called uh, Usman. But um, I've been watching Usman and um, Umar for a while. They're good. It's yeah, weird. I've they... seen a bit of Umar. He looks good. Oh, mate. And again, they, they don't they don't really fight like Khabib at all. I mean, they they can obviously they got good grappling, good wrestling, but they don't fight like him in the They both got they both got quite a good tie. So I listened to um, I listened to Mike Schwick's podcast um, right, yeah. from AKA, and he's he's had them all on obviously because Khabib's fighting, and um, they they started a freestyle wrestling like when they were seven or eight, but then from twelve onwards they were doing Muay Thai. And then they went back to freestyle wrestling and kind of did a bit of both. Yeah. And then combat sambo to MMA. I mean, they're, they're both in there throwing question mark kicks, spinning back kicks. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah I gutted that fight off. That was one of the fights I was really looking forward to, like, the most. So you, yeah, just, ru- you just ruined my night, man. <laughs> oh, man, I was so upset. Uh, I texted my brother just for crying faces. Oh, I am genuinely gutted by that now. Yeah. Um, so we got Nathaniel Woods fighting Casey Kenny. Casey mm. Kenny's been out for a while. Nathaniel Wood needs a win. Which way do you see this one going? Uh, I think Kenny. I want Nathaniel to win because obviously the UK base and stuff, but that Kenny's good. He's really good. It's a big fight for Nathaniel Wood, isn't it? Um, yeah, and it's, it is. that's on It's on the early prelims, which I'm kind of surprised at because, um, you know, Casey Kenny's a good fighter. Um, mm. Which shows us that the card. Is, yeah, man. yeah, that's it. But that's a that'd be a cracking fight, I gotta say. Um I yeah, I hope Nathaniel Woods you know, I want him to win, but I 
Casey, like you say, Casey Kenny is very, very good. Um, then on the other prelims, we've got uh, Alex Oliveira versus uh, Rachman, Rachmanov. I don't know much about Rachmanov, but I always Not enjoy... Do I, to be honest. I like Alex Oliveira, though, to watch, so he's always entertaining. So Yeah, he's I'll a handful of me. Yeah. He is a handful. He's really good. He's just stupid. He makes always, bad decisions, doesn't he? All the time. I'm like, how? How? Can it's like every fight, he makes a stupid decision and yeah. gets finished. Yeah. Tapped out or knocked yeah. out. I, I don't understand how he does it. Even with like rule breaks, he's doing something which gets him in trouble. Yeah. He's, um, it's like he gets like a rush of blood, isn't it? And just yeah. has like a brain fart and just does something stupid. Yeah. Um, and then the main fight of the prelims. Stefan Struve versus Tai Tuovasa and a, and a heavyweight bout. That's going to be over in about a minute. I, don't know, I just yeah. can't decide who's going to win. Yeah, I think, again, if, if, if Struve stands with him, Tuovasa's big and Murray, he's hard as nails. Yeah. He's going to take whatever you give him and, and throw pretty heavy stuff back. It's just, yeah, his grappling lets him down. But yeah, I think one way or another, I think flip a coin. Probably yeah, it's almost like... Tuovasa. I tell you why, because Struve's so tall. But like punching up, whatever does land is going to land right on the chin. Yeah, on the button. And I think mm. I almost feel like if um, Struve like stands and bangs with Ty Two of Asa, I feel like Ty that plays into Ty Two of Asa's hands. Yeah, especially if he lets it get in the pocket, and like you say, because the height difference, he's just gonna everything's gonna land heavy on the chin. But yeah. I think. If Stefan Struve, Stefan Struve's got a bit of a decent, not world class, but like he's had, you know, he's got decent wrestling. Yeah. And I wonder whether he may go that route with it. But um, yeah, yeah. interesting. Good to watch, so. Yeah, because he's not he's not particularly wrestling heavy though, is he? I can't. No, 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 oh, no. Yeah. Not. But he's he's like capable of it. He's he, yeah. yeah. He's basic like, but mm. um, I'm not gonna go through all the fights on the main card. There's too many, but like. Um, one fight I'm looking forward to is uh, Mahmed Ankalov versus uh, Kutalaba. I think that's going to be a really good fight. Yeah. Um, Who do you fancy for that one? Uh, the Russian, I can't say his name, but... Ankalov. That's the one. I just think a little bit cleaner, a little bit more range. Um, and Kutalaba, again, he's weird, and he? he does some weird stuff. Yeah. Like, I know um, the last fight go stop, but it's like, well, what was he doing? <clears throat> I am. Um, I like Ankalov. I really enjoyed his last fight, so I think I'd take him. Mm. Um, and I, I think a, a sleeper on this card will be uh, Cynthia Calvillo versus Lauren Murphy. Um, they're ranked like yeah. three, three and four in the flyweight division. I think they're going to be the women of, um, like I just said, done really well in twenty twenty. They put on some absolute classics. Yeah. I think this might be a bit of a sleeper. Mm. I think probably like in Lauren. I think. Mm. Like I know Cynthia's got good jits, she does. But it's like... Tough one's cool, isn't it? Yeah, lack of discipline, missing weight and stuff. Um, yeah, to be yeah. fair, I think whoever wins has got the worst of it they're getting closer to Valentina. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Is that really a, a benefit? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's really not at the minute. Um, Islam uh, Makacheyov versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Oh, that's off. Diego COVID. I know, mate. It's breaking my heart as well. <laughs> all these, all the fights I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, Volkov versus Walt Harris. Now that's going to be a good fight, heavyweight. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest. All the heavyweights are going to hate me. I don't really watch heavyweights. 
unless they're top five, top six, because fine is sloppy. Technically, not that great, though, are they? Yeah, really. and it's like, like I don't like, really want want to tell the heavyweights that to their faces, like. But yeah, me neither. To be fair, I probably should keep my mouth shut. But I'm a featherweight, so I'm fast. They can catch me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The the ones that are high level, like beauty to watch, but some of them. Just like, yeah, well, they're like the lower ranked ones. It's just yeah. So even in the UFC, it's like you're not you're not a martial artist. Like I don't, I don't see that skill level from you. And then I, I struggle to watch. Then yeah, sometimes it just feels like two big guys like leaning on each other. Yeah, just they get gassed out in a couple of couple of minutes, and it's not always entertaining. But then you yeah. do get some great like three minute bangers, like where they just go hell for leather. Yeah. And, Go for it. Do you think Volkov will take that, or do you go Harris? To be honest, I'd be guessing. I haven't seen enough of them to, yeah. to know. No. Uh, Co-main event: Robert Whittaker versus Jared Kanane. Kanane. Uh, Whittaker. I think. Take down defense. Yeah. Like I, think, I think he's good. I think, but it's, it's he's so hard to keep down. Kanane won't be able to do too much with that. I think he'll just be a little bit cleaner striking. Yeah, I like Kenny Kenny, but I think Rob Robert Whitaker's just like a step up from from him. Like yeah. in terms of just all around quality. Um so I gotta go with Whitaker. And then the main event, Gaithji versus Khabib. Who's uh, your money on? Uh, I think Khabib I think Khabib will choke him rear naked. Um just yeah, I think everyone gets I, I'm a massive Justin Gaethje fan, like absolutely massive. Um, but, so good today. Yeah, but there's such a big difference between MMA wrestling and even folk style wrestling. Folk style wrestling is so much more um, applicable to MMA than freestyle, but no, it's, it's not good. the same thing. Like we've seen guys take down Gaethje. Yeah, he's he's been taken down quite a few times. Mm. Like his um his takedown defense is um eighty percent. It's like it's not that high. Yeah. Um, but credit to him where he is exceptional he's getting up because that's basically just folk style um but Habib's the best at riding people from the back and I think he's just gonna break him down when Gaethje lifts his hips he'll just jump the back so obviously Gaethje's an NCAA champion in the um, previous league what what's the difference between the two styles yeah I'm not I'm not an expert but the main the main difference is in freestyle if you get taken down they'll go barely down to do with the point system. And then if they can stay barely down for long enough, they get stood back up. But folk style wrestling, it awards riding points. So people get really good at, if they're on all fours, standing up. And then likewise, then they get good at keeping people on all fours. Um, So yeah, that's, that's, to to be honest, for that specific area, that's why it's better for MMA. Like, Pretty much all of my stuff for MMA, in terms of ground and pound, has come from folk style wrestling. But again, yeah, MMA wrestling and wrestling wrestling are very different. I'm sure. Different. Yeah, and I get the. I might be wrong, but I get the impression that when Gaethje spars, he spars like he like he fights. Yeah. As in, like, just you're not taking me down. And I'm going to strike with you. And then his wrestling sessions is wrestling, like bent over at the waist. Yeah. yeah. Whereas all of the beeps. Well, say his his ground is um when he's grappling when he's sparring it's basically the same as MMA. 
like he's going to use that same type of stuff, that same type of style. So if you compare the minutes, mm. he's got a lot more practice doing the position that they're going to be in in the cage, in my opinion. Um, the calf kicks make me nervous, though. I just think, well, to shoot, you've got to step forward, and when you step, he will blast your calf. Yeah. Uh, Do you think Gase G is his biggest challenge yet? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think... Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I I thought he was going to smoke Ferguson. That could be, I mean, um, think again, he won't have too much trouble taking him down. And it's so, you know, you just said that Gaethje is because um, like people, a lot of people have made a lot of like, oh, Gaethje can you know he can match him for wrestling, mm. but Gaethje's wrestling, um, like in terms of being taken down and that, is not that great, is it? No, in in the UFC, it's it's eighty percent. Um, and again, in his in his last fight with um, PFL, I forget the guy's name, but again, he, he got him down. When he got him down, Gaethje went to all fours like you would in folk style. You go to all fours to stand up. Yeah. And then the guy was on his back. I mean, credit to Gaethje, he didn't get tapped. But but he got there. And then like it seems as if everyone's wrestling, um, everyone's referencing his re- his college wrestling career. Mm. But it's like, well, there is. There is a decent amount of information we've seen in his MMA fights. Yeah, of course. It's just you got you got to. Go. I mean, again, it's like it's snippets though. Yeah. Like you're talking like for it, like I say, a 15 minute fight. There might be say five seconds from this fight, ten seconds from that fight. And then when you piece it together, I think um, that's that's kind of where I ended up. But then the flip side of that is he had a wrestling match with Jordan Burroughs, who's like right at the top of the wrestling game. Jordan Burroughs had a nightmare taking him down. But Again, they were bent over at the waist. That's so different to MMA. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see how it goes. Like I mm. saw uh, earlier today, there was an interview with Khabib saying it, once he's beaten Gaith G, he wants to fight Michael Chandler, but only if Chandler beats, um, oh, what's his name? I can never bloody pronounce it. Islam, oh, uh, his, his training partner, Islam Makachayev. Yeah. Um, like I know Danny's a massive, massive uh, for Michael Chandler, and he said, like he said, he'd like to see the Khabib fight between the two. Um, mm. But I gotta be honest, I think Khabib's probably only got two more fights left before he retires, and yeah. one of them was obviously Saturday. I'm not sure if I'd want to see his last fight be Chandler against Michael Chandler. Like I yeah. don't know. But we'll see, I guess. Yeah, it's a real one. It's like we're, we're all selfish. Like, we'd all have him fighting for the next 10 years, no problem. Yeah, of course. So, as he's going to have to pull the plug somewhere. I think, if anyone, it's probably got to be Ferguson. Yeah, you've got, got to get that fight done, haven't they? Yeah. Just for the sake of, like, get it flipping done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like, as much as he destroyed Conor McGregor, I, I, I've said from the day after when we did the show, after the Khabib Conor fight, if you could guarantee me a focused and mo- motivated Conor McGregor at the top of his game versus Khabib, then I would like to see that fight to see how Conor does. Simply mm. because I felt like Conor McGregor didn't prepare very well for it, and I think he also was so focused in on Khabib's wrestling mm. that he didn't do what had got him to the dance. Like he didn't yeah. do the stuff that had got him where he was and yeah I, 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 I see what you're saying I just I, I don't think I, I don't necessarily think Connor would win yeah, I just would like to see it 
Yeah, like, I see I, if it I made like a difference. To too. Yeah, I would like to see it too. I just, I think if they fight a hundred times, Habib's yeah. winning eighty-five. Yeah, I think maybe so. maybe eighty, maybe ninety, whatever. But he's winning the overwhelming percentage just because they've they've built their styles that way. Where like Connor's looking to hurt you really badly with strikes, whereas Habib's just say it's just such a risk-free way of fighting. Yeah, take you down. Yeah. Ride you from on top and then just break beat you. the shit into you, yeah. And then it just so turns out that like, he's kind of built his punching style around faking a takedown. Hmm. And it, it's 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 horrendous. I mean, I think in MMA, I'm not a massive Conor McGregor fan, but pure MMA striking, he's up there with the best we've ever seen. Like, and yeah, I think people, people, people forget, forget don't they? Yeah, people for, yeah. forgotten like how like on his way up, how good is striking was like his particularly his counter striking yeah um like he was finishing guys left and right wasn't he um yeah and i think sometimes people forget that and they kind of write him off as like uh he's a bit of a flash in the pan and he has and i saw some guy on twitter the other day say he's never fought anyone (laughs) yeah he smoked jose aldo in like 10 seconds yeah And, and i and and in the comments same thread of comments someone was saying like yeah but you can't judge that fight because because Aldo was out in 10 seconds so like how can you say like that was because McGregor was good and I was like well yeah he timed the shot he knew he was coming he co and like it was almost poetic because he wound him up in the pre in the build up to the fight so much that Aldo did like he fell into his plan, like he he went and did something that he wouldn't have normally done. Yeah, and he got caught. Like, but you've got to give him credit for that. You can't take that away and say, "Oh, it was only ten seconds." So, yeah. say so people love to do it, don't they? Like, if if you're if you're a dominant striker, you apparently can't grapple, um, and vice versa. And whoever you fight, there'll always be somebody else. And the people that you beat, even if they were good, there's a reason why you should be them. Yeah, they're like they're ah, oh, they're getting old or they're ah, yeah. But yeah, that's how we go. So uh, that's our predictions for next week. Um, so yeah, mate, keep us informed on your uh, on your fights for December. Yeah, Hopefully, you'll uh, you'll get some news through soon and that. And um, you know, you're always welcome back on, mate. Have a good yeah, chat. Yeah, no, thank you, mate. Looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, subscribe YouTube.com/slash Ace Podcast Nation. Follow uh, Ben on Twitter at Ben Ellis MMA. And uh, give us a subscribe and a follow and whatnot. And uh, we'll be back next Wednesday for another episode of the Danny Button Fight Show. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.